What's up, everybody? It's Brad and Andrew from Auto Off Topic. The coloring contest is back and now much improved thanks to super listener Frank Eck. The contest is simple. Complete one of the pages of the coloring book found on our Facebook page or the Auto Off Topic coloring contest Facebook page in any of two mediums, digital using any computer program or analog, be it colored pencil, marker, crayon, watercolor, however you choose. One entry counted per medium per person. Each individual can have a total of two entries, one per format. There will also be two age groups, age 15 and below and ages 16 on up. Links to the coloring book pages can be found on our Facebook page and the Facebook page for the coloring contest. Electronic entries, including scanned entries, can be sent to us via email, autooftopicpodcast at gmail.com. Paper copies can be sent by snail mail to autooftopicpodcast contest, 83 Lakeshore Drive, Georgetown, Massachusetts, 01833. Note, all hard copies received will not be returned, period. The contest runs through November 30th. The companies and owners groups donating prizes are Mitsubishi Motors North America, Adventure Driven Design, Forced Performance, Palladian Trucks, Northeast Mitsubishi 4x4, Mitsubishi Montero Owners Group of the USA, Florida Mitsubishi 4x4, and Mitsu Nation Facebook Group. Please enjoy this free contest, and don't forget, entries must be postmarked by November 30th, 2017. Good luck. So we took a picture of it and made a fake for sale ad for it on the Master. Yeah. What? It's a. What is it? It's a Honda Accord. Honda Accord? Yeah. It's a Honda Accord Dually. Dually. With Dodge Ram tow mirrors and light bars. And, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So. Welcome to episode 59. Oh, you keep tricking me with this recording thing here. I'm showing you <laughs> stupid things on the internet. Hello, Andrew. What's up? So you are Andrew, and I am Brad. That's right. As most of our listeners know by now. But if you're a new listener, that's about as professional as it gets. Hey, uh, this is like the one-year anniversary week. Is it really? Yeah. Like oh, the fifth? Happy one-year anniversary, yeah. Andrew. Uh, am I supposed to get you something paper? No. All right, good. <laughs> we use paper. We use Google Docs. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm just thinking one-year anniversary is paper. Yeah. But you should remember for next year for your one-year wedding anniversary. But paper doesn't exist anymore, so you just use Google Docs. No, paper exists for a lot of things, just <laughs> not for documents. Paper cups, paper plates, napkins, paper towels. Ah, okay. And then, uh, so it's episode 59, so a little better than 52, yeah, we had a few um, weeks we've done two a week. Yeah, I've been slacking on that, but we'll eh, get back it's, to it. Uh, it's, it's hard to promise it. That's the problem. We we'll both have busy lives, and podcast is important, but unfortunately, other things seem to keep getting in the way. Well, so. I'd rather have uh, one quality show than two, two like half shows. Crap. Yeah. So I agree. If so we, when if do we got record quality shows? <laughs> uh, you can see yourself out. <laughs> Self-deprecating humor. At uh, once, yeah. I mean, it depends. If we've got enough content, we'll do two. If not, we're going to stick with one. So and that's what we're doing this week. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a second episode. We're going to do a project car update from the road from your running car, but that just didn't happen in time. So yeah, that's anyway. all right. Also, we had a nor'easter here this weekend, which really kind of threw a wrench into the plans. That was things. really weird. Yeah. Uh, because it didn't seem like it was going to be that big a storm, and all of a sudden it was a giant and storm. And all of a sudden there were 90-mile-an-hour wind gusts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and very 
like it's suddenly it, yeah it's the day after halloween uh but it, yeah and of course it's november first but it is like suddenly november like it's yeah, all of a sudden i scraped my windows this morning yeah it was cold yeah. and i noticed you know i was driving home it was like gray and there's like no leaves on the trees and like, well, oh. they all get knocked over the 90 mile yeah. an hour winds it's like oh well which it's... actually some of our friends that live fairly close to us still don't have power four days after the storm it's crazy so it's not uh there's nothing to laugh about it really kind of Took us by surprise. Hurricane force winds, but not a hurricane. So no, and, and the uh, problem is a lot of the people that would be fixing the power outages are down in still in Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico trying to help out down oh, there. Oh, okay. So the infrastructure is a little uh, screwy right now. Hmm. So anyway, what do we got to talk about this week, Andrew? Other than storms and sweet dually Hondas I was talking about before. Uh, we might as well get into project car updates. As we know, I'll start with mine. There are none. Well, it's wah, been wah, steady, wah. at least. <laughs> I had the blue Colt back on the road. Well, there you go. Which, actually, tomorrow night, when we do have some garage time, I'm going to have to drain the straight water out of it, put coolant in it. Uh, I was thinking about that. This morning, it was really cold. I was like, wonder if he took the water out of that. And it wasn't cold enough to worry about it yet. It got down to, like, 38 last night. So yeah. It was frost in the windows, but it wasn't enough to freeze standing it's, water. It's going to be 32 for a couple hours. Yeah. So, um... Uh, Gonna take care of that tomorrow, actually. Mm-hmm. Put some actual coolant in there instead of just straight water. And we're gonna do the valve stem seals. Well, we've been teasing that for the past six months. Uh, let's just do it. Yeah. Well, because my Montero is back together. It is. So that was the thing. Uh, we didn't do project updates last week because we did a bunch of questions. So we missed the whole part where I tore the thing down to the timing belt. Did we describe what the problem was before? Uh, maybe, but we'll recap it. Yeah, just a quick recap of what happened. The cam gear has a shutter wheel that spins through the cam sensor. Uh, the truck had a code, finally, because it wouldn't start, for a cam sensor. So, obviously, it didn't know where it was top dead center, and it wouldn't fire the injectors or the spark plugs at the right point, and it wouldn't start. I didn't know it actually pulled a code eventually. It did. Um, and then, so I, you know, I took the whole thing apart. And, yeah, I do remember saying this part. The cam sensor basically fell out of the timing area. So, upon closer inspection, the shutter wheel had been bent at some point, And it smashed the crank sensor off of the engine where it mounts. Wah, wah. It didn't snap it off. It slowly wore through it. That's pretty much what happened. Nope. And then it broke it off. Right. So it wore through it until there was not enough material left and it snapped in half. No, no. It it broke it off the mounts. Like oh, really? It, it eventually smashed it off of it. Um, so I ordered a new uh, crank sprocket. No, cr- uh, sorry. A cam sprocket and a shutter wheel. And okay. um, we're doing the timing belt. And... Uh, I had to take it off of the crank sprocket, and it wouldn't come free from the roll pin, and it seized to the harmonic balancer, which is weird because I had it apart in the spring when I was inspecting it. And then in separating it, I kind of chipped the teeth on it. So I was like, whatever, I'll just order a new one because for it's like 60 bucks. Like There's no reason to put a busted one back in with chipped teeth. It probably wouldn't have been okay, but you're better In a pinch, it, like, yeah. whatever. It was easy to get from... Uh, there's a 
I had, it was RC Hill Mitsubishi sells via Amazon. Okay. So they sold a cam gear, a crank sprocket, the shutter wheel, and a and a bolt for like eighty bucks. That's not too bad. I was like perfect. So where are they out of? You know, Florida. Okay. I've ordered from them before. Pretty good. Um, I put it all back together, and uh, you know. It's kind of a bummer because I did tear it all down in the spring to inspect for stuff where this noise was coming from. And I didn't check the cam gear for some reason. But, meh. Because it didn't make any sense that a cam gear would be making noise because it's like a solid single piece unit. You weren't thinking about the shutter wheel inside of it. I sort of was, but I was more focused on the crank one because I've seen the crank ones get bent during time belt jobs and make a similar noise. So it definitely makes, uh, there's definitely like a piston slap in there, but it's not making like a crazy loud noise like it was, which I think it was getting louder, And I, but I thought it was my imagination. So it's significantly quieter now then? Yeah. I haven't heard it run yet. But. Yeah. Um, I posted a video of it running to my Instagram. Oh, apparently I didn't catch that. Yes, Instagram's logarithms now are screwy, just like Facebook's are. You don't have me set to get alerts when I post? I don't. I do not. Uh, I have you set. I get alerts when you post stuff. All right. I'll have to change that, Andrew. Man. Maybe, maybe I do, actually. That's why I like like your stuff within like a second. I haven't noticed that you like my stuff. Oh, come second. on. I have to be a better Instagrammer. Man. Maybe um, I do have it set that way, but I just haven't. I don't know. I have to work during the day, Andrew. <laughs> I miss some things that happen yeah. and stuff. Uh, well, on the plus side, I took the radiator out. Uh so to work on it, um, I had a junkyard metal one instead of the plastic one that came in the truck. Uh, I, my dad was around during the day, so he took it to the radiator place and they said Excellent. they cleaned it and pressure tested it and it was fine for like 40 bucks. I was like, all right, cool. And then we got it back to the house and I, we just kind of ran some water through it. And it was like super rusty. I was like, that's weird. So what did they do? Yeah. So I just... Kept flushing it and flushing it until it was clear. So did they pressure test it but not clean it? Maybe. They put it in the pressure test and like, it's fine. Set it aside. Yeah, I don't think they cleaned it. Hmm. It's kind of a bummer. But I took some Eastwood radiator paint and just kind of touched up the end tanks. Uh, And then... uh, 100 point restoration job. Yeah. Good job, Andrew. Had it all nice and cleaned up. Uh, All ready for Mistlewood Concord Elegance next year. The... Thermostat that was in the truck was probably fine, but since there was no coolant in it, I tossed in a new OEM one. Yeah, uh, as we've all learned, whenever you get a new car that's old, it's just routine maintenance just to change the thermostat. Just toss it in. Yeah. Like, it's like $8. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Um, then did the new radiator cap, too, because I needed that. Yep. What else? Anything else to that? Keep the old functioning parts in the glove box just in case, but... Uh, I mean, so I had it back together last Friday night. It's running, and... Uh, Have you driven it yet? I drove it around the block. Oh, okay. Drove fine. Drove just like I did before. Just a little less noisy. Yeah, I noticed it wasn't here at the house, so I wasn't sure. Well, I need a... It, so, where we live is near Salem, Massachusetts, which is apparently the uh, epicenter of Halloween in the entire world, or they like to think they are? Oh, no, they are. There's no question. So it makes uh, the traffic over the last week and the entire month of October 
because where I live is one of the main roads into Salem has been terrible. So that's why my parents' house is on the outskirts of Salem. I did not go to get the Montero because I would need to ride over there and to come back. Ah, okay. And we just left it over there. So I'll probably go grab it tomorrow night. Gotcha. Um, what else did I do? Oh, we did have a nice day the other weekend. Not the weekend it rained, the weekend before. I tried to put the window tint in the back window of the WRX, and it was it's pre-cut, and it fit really nice, and I got it in there without it sticking to anything, and as soon as I tried to squeegee it, it just wrinkled instantly. But I think uh, that I needed to, like, I was watching some YouTube videos. You need to, like, heat shrink it to the window first on the outside. So I'll heat the window up on the outside? No, you, like, lay the film oh, on the outside of the window okay. and you like shrink it to the curvature. It doesn't have a huge curve, but it's just enough. enough. Um, so I'll have to get another piece, but I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, I but basically, here's my thing. When you have a pro do it, the entire cost of labor is basically doing the back window. Yeah, probably. Cause probably the most difficult part of the whole car. It is. It absolutely is. And that's really what you're paying for. Cause the side windows were super easy. Um, and then it was so nice that day. I also gave Stephanie's Crosstrek a coat of wax because, uh, FYI, dealerships do not wax your brand new car. No, they do not. They do not. They, they wash them. They wash them. They clean the tape off if it comes with, like, protective plastic on it. And that's it. Yeah, they don't do much. No. To be fair, the fresh paint shouldn't need wax right away, but it's still worth doing it. Yeah. Uh so I threw a coat of, yeah, there's no, like, myth. there's like an old myth that you have to let the paint cure. It's not that it's an old myth. Okay. It used to be that you couldn't wax the paint right away. But with the modern paint technology and everything, the way paint is baked onto a car, and it's a different formula formula than it used to be, you could pretty much wax it right away. So. That's the other thing, too. The car was probably built three months ago. Well, you look at the date in the door jam, it'll tell you exactly when it was built. Yeah, but I'm just saying it was it was put on a container ship and came over from Japan to probably spend at least a month and a half on the ocean. Yep. So the paint's definitely cured. Yeah, well, it's cured the day after they paint it. So. Yeah, well, yep, exactly. Yeah. We can, so we, I wanted to we, get... We can polish and wax cars at work like the next, you know, hour after they're done. Yeah, the I just wanted to get a coat of wax on it before anything got really stuck to it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Um but it was weird. I bought the tech wax that we really like, had good luck with. Constantly, I was like just shaking the bottle, shaking the bottle, and it would just spray out wax, like, and then the liquid with it. That's weird. Like this milky water with it. It wasn't mixed up, right? I keep, I shake it and shake it and shake it, and it won't. Maybe it just separated. It had been sitting on the shelf weird. too long somewhere. It still works. But I haven't owned a nice enough car to wax in a long time, so I don't know what the products are out there. Well, Tech Wax is pretty good. I remember that used to be the top of the stuff. When and I had it's cool wax. because, especially on a car like the Crosstrek, if you're, I mean, I was careful, but if you're slightly sloppy and you get it on the black. It comes off. It, it comes right off. Mark. It doesn't leave white marks. Yeah. I know there's probably some detailer people that listen to the show that are listening to it going, Tech Wax, but you have to use this thing from somebody's polishes as a professional wax product seller, but... We just text back is probably the best you can buy at AutoZone. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there are people that are really into detailing. I am, 
I'm not. I'm into having clean cars, and I'll throw a coat of wax on them. And maybe once a year I'll clay bar a car. But I yes. just, I, I physically cannot see the difference. I can see the difference in certain colors. Like a really dark, dark color, like a black or a dark yeah. blue, you can see the difference. Yeah. I've, I've definitely done, when I had my, my STI that was black, the black obsidian that had metallic in it, I would do a clay bar. And then some, it was like some polish thing, and then the tech wax. Yeah, which is the same thing I did on my black Evo. And it really reduced the amount of swirl marks, mm-hmm. and that looked really nice. But I don't get into the whole machine buffing, paint correction. I honestly don't believe in that. There are people that argue me, will probably want to argue that with me, but I don't believe that's a thing. Well, I, I believe there is a difference if you're really into it. Like, somebody who's a real connoisseur of something can tell the difference between two different I, things. I guess. And I think it's worth it for somebody to do it. And I've had cars detailed professionally that I know I couldn't do the same look myself. Really? Yeah. 100%. See, I never thought that. Yeah, 100%. Even with that old Honda that, we, that I sold last year, I had that car professionally detailed. And when that car was done, man, the thing looked brand new. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I just don't. I'm so DIY. I, I just hate paying people for stuff like that. I get it, but the, I don't know if it's a a car that I'm not really into. Like, I will send my truck out to have it detailed because it's big and dumb. <laughs> and it will take two whole days for me to do it Yeah, when I can be doing something else. And I don't really, like, like I like my truck. I, I know I joke about it being my big dumb truck all the time, but I do like the truck. And I want to keep it nice. But I can't, like, I washed it by hand for the first time the other day. Yeah. And I wanted to kill myself halfway through it. Because I was like, man, I'm not done yet. I'm going to dry this stupid thing. It's so big. It is so much real estate to clean. Yeah. So I'm not going to wax that truck. <laughs> like, there's some stains in the paint of the WRX because it was, it had some leaves fall on it for my stupid tree in my yard. Yep. And uh, just waxing it didn't take it off. So I'm going to have to, like, do a clay bar or something to get right. them off. Yeah. Clay bar and polish wax. Um if I if that doesn't work, then yes, I would consider paying somebody to buff the car because I do want it to look nice. Because even though it's a daily well, driver, it's I will in totally good throw out a plug for local people to go to my buddy Steve over at Three Sixty Motorsports, yeah, right in Salem, Mass. Because he is amazing at that kind of stuff. All right, really, really good. I had him do my sister's car one year when she had that Lancer, yeah, with the beige interior. Mm-hmm. And I know she had at the time a you know two year old um, and a new and a and, sorry two two year old and a dog. Mm-hmm. And that tan cloth interior was just beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made it brand new again. Yeah, generally, like brand uh, if you can avoid tan in an automobile. Especially cloth. Yeah. <laughs> Especially cloth. It's not a good move. Light colors in general and cloth are not good moves. Yeah. I, they can look good if you're like a single person. Yeah, if you have a family. <laughs> if you, specifically if you have a family, avoid tan And pets. Cloth. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> I mean, I have a couple cars with white interiors, but at least they're vinyl. Yeah, that was the 70s, clean. man. Yeah, <laughs> at least it could be, vi- be clean like vinyl. It's better than uh, black interior, I guess, with no air conditioning. Yeah, I guess so. I'm okay with it either way. Well. At the moment. I guess that covers project car updates. Yeah, I don't really have any good ones. I didn't really, like I said, I haven't really done much other than I have the blue talent. Blue talent. The blue Colt. Colt on the road. Yeah. Uh, that was off the road for a little while. It wasn't a mechanical issue. It was just a timing and 
getting to the registry and you didn't re-register it as you, but that's all taken care of. So that's good. Hey, if you, I, oh, I have this question. If you could, if you had a cult, I do have a cult. Okay. If you had one or even that one and I was like, here, we'll put a full electric drivetrain in it with a manual transmission. Nope. Would you do it? Nope. Why not? Do I only have one cult? You don't only have one cult. I'm saying in this scenario, do I only have one cult? No. All right. So say one of these these cults that people keep pawning off on you. Okay. <laughs> Would you consider doing a, like a full electric drivetrain? Maybe I consider it. It'd be kind of neat, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe I consider it. I'm not... I won't, I won't look to do it. But if somebody handed me the product to do it with, I would do it. I just want to like... I want to take an old car and put an electric motor in it, something. Yeah, it doesn't really do much for me. I just want to do it to do it because I just like putting things together. Well, we have our friend who has an old electric car that wants to make it run again. So that might be even easier to do it that way. Yeah. He has a, um electric leopard. Which is the car, It's right? an electric car, yeah. Which he has the whole car complete. There's got to be batteries and stuff. There's got to be a homebrew way to update it. Oh, I'm sure there is, and there's definitely people online that have done it. Yeah. Um, but it's just we're trying to find the cheapest way to do it and still make it work because <laughs> he doesn't want to spend a ton of money on it because the car's not worth anything. Well, that's what I mean. There's got to be a homebrew way to do it. I'm sure there is, but I mean. I, I don't. I don't know enough about it. Okay, basically. so that would be like a super unique electric car. You wouldn't be into that. A la car? Yeah. No, I'd totally be into it. But I just I don't want. It's not my car. Number one, and number two, it's not my money. Okay. So. But if you had access to unique electric car that wasn't like everybody else's electric car. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I would okay. totally drive it. All right. I, I, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Just be different. Yeah, I mean that. Just, just, keep my hipster points going andrew exactly <laughs> i think it'd be kind of fun to have an old car especially that had like a busted engine just put an electric motor in it i i guess i mean i i really like the blue colt the way it is yeah um but maybe if the brown colt that wouldn't be a diverse to doing that with rather than electric that thing looks like it could be electric i think it'd be more fun to have a like a rear-wheel drive car like that yeah probably because the instant torque and everything yeah. I don't know, whatever. I, I would do it. I don't, I don't want to get back on the electric, whole electric car episode here because we discussed it, it last episode. It'd be like a, it'd be like a big RC car. When you put it that way, it's a little more, in, a little more intriguing, I guess. I mean, it doesn't have to be your everyday car. It'd just be kind of like this fun, weird thing that has electric power plant. But anyway, I just it was a random thought I had today. I I, I would do it, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't look to do it, but. If the opportunity arose, I would do it. Yeah. It's also like for the electric car conversions, like the professional ones for vintage car, for vintage cars, it's like 20 grand. It's not cheap. No, I want I don't want to pay someone to do it. I want to do it. Like the, it was the EV West, the company out in California. Yeah. But it's a lot of money. No, I want to, it's just like the same thing where I'd want to build a, like an Exocet kit car just to build it. And, and maybe just sell it. And maybe drive it for a little bit and yeah. then just get rid of it. I just, I don't want to own it. It's like putting a model kit together. I just want to put it together to put it together sometimes. Yeah. What was your model kit? Put it in your shelf and look at it. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree. I don't know. Those are just random random thoughts. 
Deep thoughts. Yeah. Andrew Pascarella. So, uh, everybody's been watching Stranger Things on Netflix. Uh, however. I will admit I just started Stranger Things. However. Like today. We won't spoil it. But we will talk about Wheelman. Yes, a Netflix movie, actually. Yes. Uh, Netflix original movie. Yes. So if you've, if you've burned through Stranger Things, or you can somehow manage to take an hour and a half break, you should check out Wheelman. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's not the world's best movie by any means, but it's a cool car movie. I think it's a really cool car movie. And it's filmed here. Yeah. Which is, I didn't know. I didn't realize until you mentioned it because you'd watched it before me and then I was watching all the backgrounds and I was like, I recognize a lot of those places. Yeah, exactly. A, a good portion of it was filmed in Lawrence, Massachusetts, which is like two towns away from me. And how I missed that mo- filming. In Lynn, which is right, a town, town away from here. Too, yeah. <laughs> like how I missed the fact that it was a car chase movie being filmed. Because it was filmed entirely at night. But still, I think I would have known it. It was like Boston, Lawrence, Lynn, and Melrose. Maybe Melrose, yeah. But I didn't even pick up on I picked up on one of the characters had an accent, had a Boston accent, yeah. the guy on the phone. And I picked up on it there, and I was like, oh, that's good. I have a Boston accent. And then they drive over the Zaken Bridge, and I was like, oh, they're in Boston. Oh, yeah, definitely over the Zaken Bridge. Yeah, and then I wasn't thinking about much about it at all after that. I was like, oh, I must have filmed it in and around Boston. And then one of the main scenes in the movie takes place in a parking garage, and they roll into the parking yeah. garage, and I'm like, that's in Lawrence. <laughs> they filmed that thing in Lawrence. Because it's, it's a brand new parking garage, and I definitely recognized it. Boston, Chelsea, Lawrence, Lynn, and Malden. Yeah, okay. It's, it's all very local. It's all within 10 miles of here. I liked the way that the... I like the way it was filmed. It was filmed really cool. It was in, filmed entirely in the car, like a... Yeah, there, were, there wasn't much... There were no outside shots, were there? Yeah, there were a couple. But it was basically everything from scene in... You were like... Inside the car, basically, for yeah, almost there was no, everything. There was no acting outside the car, either. No. Everything happened from inside the car. So I thought that was a really cool way to do it. Um, and they used a lot of, like, mounted on the door shots. Yep. And, and I don't, it was just, like, a lot of practical effects. It was very cool. Well, it's funny, because the movie starts, and he's in an E46 BMW. Yep. And it's got a Momo Prototipo steering wheel. Yep. I was like, man, somebody that built the car for this movie is clearly a Porsche fan. And then they... Um, Porsche fan. I did it again, damn it. And then, but at the very beginning of the movie, it's hard to hear. The car gets pulled out. Okay. And then he's talking to the, the mechanic, whatever. He's like, oh, did you put that steering wheel in that I wanted or something, whatever? Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. So, but then later in the movie, he changes to be driving a uh, mid-80s 911 Porsche. Yeah. So I was like, oh, somebody that made this movie is definitely... And that car also had the prototypo steering wheel in it. So I was like, oh, that's a common theme here of Porsche people. It had a cool... Um, it had a couple cool chases in it, and the rest of it was just kind of driving around. It was cool. Yeah, it was... Uh, little and the sounds were correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was really it was really well done. I, I liked it. Yeah. Like I said, it's not going to win any Emmys. Uh, Emmys are... Uh, what do you call them for movies there? Oscars. Oscars. It's not going to win any Oscars, but it's definitely a, a good hour and a half mindless film. Well, I wouldn't say mindless. I mean... Maybe a little less than mindless, but... No, go watch it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's like uh, I, I would Driver. Put it, it's, oh, the, was the Driver the other movie? Yeah, I would put it in my... As far as, like, car chase movies, it's probably top three because it's just... Top three? It's purely in the car. It doesn't... Uh, listen... Baby Driver was cool, but it had a lot of stuff going on outside. I still haven't watched Baby Driver. All right. We'll have to watch that over here. Um, it had a lot of stuff going on outside 
of the cars. Like, it wasn't a car film. It was a heist movie. That happened to have car chases? Yes. I've seen, the, I've seen like, half the first half of the first opening scene. Yeah. Like, not quite the whole scene. So, I actually, as far as, like, that type of movie, I liked Wheelman better as a car chase movie. Okay. Well, it's as a proper car chase only movie. Name another car chase only movie. It would have to be the original Gone in 60 Seconds. But that's not car chase only. No. It's outside the car stuff and that, dude. Okay. So I mean, you say you say top okay, three, okay, and then okay. you can't name any other ones. Okay, if, if, okay. That, if that's how specific your genre is going to be, that it has to all take place in the car. Okay. then I don't know where you're going with that because oh oh all right all right so, um, uh, I mean drive was the other thing about vanishing point. Yeah, vanishing is, point is a is lot in the car. Yeah, um, Tulane Blacktop is almost entirely in the car. Almost it was too it. It's similar to Tulane Blacktop, where it's just, like, not a ton of dialogue. Uh, there's a good amount of dialogue. He's on the actually, cell phone all the time. Actually, there is, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot more dialogue, dialogue than probably Tulane Blacktop. Uh, the only one I can think of is, like, uh, The Duel. Okay. That's a lot of In the Car. Yep. But all right. That's a much better movie than Wheelman. Oh, I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know. The Duel? It's a great movie. It is a great movie, but it's got that 1970s pacing, so it's a little different. Wheelman's not very fast of a movie either. It's pretty slow. Yeah, I, I liked it, though. I don't know. Bo- Andrew gives it two thumbs up. Bo- bottom line, it's it, it, you're not going to waste your time watching the movie. No, because Netflix and you have it anyways. And if you like <laughs> if you like car chases you, of any kind... You've already paid for Netflix. Don't go into it expecting it to be a car chase heavy movie, because it's not. It's... It's really not. There's only a few chase scenes. It's like a noir, like, kind of... Yeah. I don't know. I, you, I like you're it. Not, you're not going to get the classic bullet chase scene. No. Because it's, it's a little different than that. It's, but it's a cool movie to watch. Yeah. And it's car guy cars. It's, you know, it's E46, the stick, and a 911. So it's it's cool. And the sound was good. And the sound was good. Anybody else drive a cool car in that movie? No, there weren't any. No. Just kind of lame vehicles. Everybody yeah. else did. Um... Have you watched any of Mindhunter? I have not. It's just filled with Malaysia era cars. Which is what, like 74, 75, 95? It takes place from like 1977. I'm saying the Malaysia era. They say it's like, what, 75 to 95, I think. I guess. Something in that range. It takes place from uh, 77 to 80. So it's just a bunch of like four-door American cars. A bunch of really boring, lame cars that are cool to see now. Yeah, anything that you would think that the FBI would drive in the 1970s. So very similar to the Americans. The Americans. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very similar to the Americans, uh, which is another show with great background cars. Yep, and now Stranger Things has great background cars, too. Yes. Because that takes place in 83? The current season is 84. 84. First season is 83. Yeah. A couple of minor mistakes already in the first show, but... I've only seen episode one. So. I, I don't notice it as bad. Well, there's a Volkswagen transporter, like a um, Westphalia style, the square headlight ones, but it has a set of like modern 17-inch wheels on it. Oh. And that bothers me. All right. And the Caprice police cars, half of them have composite headlights and half of them have sealed beam headlights. And the composite headlight cars didn't come out until 88. All right. Whatever. So that bothers me a little bit. Um, but overall, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are weird things to notice. 
Well, the big wheels on the, the Volkswagen are not. Yeah. I think that, that 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 was pretty blatant. I've noticed that in a few movies where they get an old car and it'll have a modern set of wheels on it, and that really kind of ruins it for me personally. But but Hopper's Blazer is back. Yes, it's awesome. That's like, and he just does a lot of burnouts in it. Uh, not in the first episode he doesn't, yeah. but I can't wait to see that later on. The uh, the Pinto's back. The Pinto's also awesome. Um, there's a new character, Bob, has a Camry. Yeah, a two-tone Camry hatchback, which actually belongs to somebody that we sort of know. We Facebook know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool to see on there. And what else? Oh, so the new My high school guy. bully has a Camaro. Yeah, like an 80 or an 81 Z28 in blue. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's like, just burnouts it's like the perfect dirtbag car. Yeah. Which makes you want one now. Yes. Um, I actually have a... Watching that show... And going to scale project cars, I have a plastic model of that blazer. Yeah. And I think I really want to make a um, Hawkins Police Department. Or sheriff, sheriff, sheriff or police? Police. Police. Okay. Hawkins Police Department truck out of it. You should. Yeah. I think I'm definitely going to. Do that or the Jaws one? No, because the Jaws one is top off. Yeah. And it's molded with the top on. And the Hawkins oh, right. Police truck has a top on. So... And it's like super easy decals to make. Yeah, because it's, it's like yeah, it's just like squared letters. off lettering. Yep. Um, so I think I'm gonna make that. Yeah, so that that's good. Like, there's definitely some sweet cars in that. Um, yeah, don't give any spoilers because I've only watched the first episode so far. No, I won't. But uh, there's a lot of cool '80s stuff in that. Like a lot of cool period. Like, they're in the arcade, and it's all period correct video games, which is really cool to see too. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you can tell their budget like went way up. It went up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, like pop music and stuff now in it. So it was very, very, very cool. I finished all of them already. Yes, I, <laughs> I figured you would very quickly. I haven't had much time lately, so I need to get into watching some stuff. But uh, that brings us to events. Then, what events? What do we do Saturday? Oh, Cars and Coffee at Lars Anderson in Brookline, yes. Massachusetts, which actually we had a long talk with uh, Sheldon, yes. who is the curator of the museum, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to have him on as a guest, I think, hopefully pretty soon, Yep, to talk about the museum and its history and the events that are going on there and events that are planned in the future. Yep, and so maybe cool. we need to discuss there's some other stuff we might do with the museum. So Yeah, so that, that might be really cool, because they're a pretty big deal around here. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as local car culture goes, they kind yeah. of they kind of have their finger on the pulse of everything because they have each theme we talked about before. You know the theme car shows they have, and everybody goes there. And anybody who's a car guy in Massachusetts has spent some time at the Lars. They have an excellent grounds. social media presence too, yeah. as far as uh, driving traffic to their events, literal traffic and internet yeah. traffic. <laughs> it becomes a crazy traffic jam pulling into the parking yeah. lot sometimes. In fact, this weekend for cars and coffee. I don't know what time you got there, because you rode up with our friend Joe in his Z06. Yep. Uh, and I drove up myself in my Colt, and I got there after you guys, and I pulled up to the gate. Now, bear in mind, the event started at 8. Mm-hmm. I got there 8.30. I think we got there maybe at 8.15. And I was told the lot was full, and I had to park on the street. But that I couldn't turn around. I had to drive all the way around the block and come back. And I was a little upset, because I thought the event started at 9. <laughs> Yeah. So when I got there at 8.45, I thought I was early, um, and I wasn't. But I pulled into the parking lot, and 
um, this guy who I know from other events. I know he's part of like mass tuning and a couple other things. He was like, "Oh, are you here for cars and coffee?" I was like, "Uh, well, I'm driving through in my old car." So well, he's the yes. one that parks everyone. He doesn't work at the museum though. No, no, he only parked everyone for Japanese Car Day and for this. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, he's like, "Oh yeah, there's spots down there at the bottom of the hill," and I was like, "Oh, sweet!" So I didn't have to turn around and park in the street because that would make me a little upset yeah <laughs> it's a huge lot it's not a small lot so i wouldn't think that they'd be you know 45 minutes into the event they'd be closed off but we estimate there were at least 300 cars there mm-hmm. of everything yeah of, of everything that they got, uh, not even a from inexpensive cars to extremely expensive multi-million cars. dollar cars yeah like there were, how was one gullwing or two i only saw one 300 sl yes yeah, 300 sl gullwing and there was a uh, closed fendered convertible Delahaye, yeah, which like multi million dollar car, like Pebble Beach winning style car. Yeah, next to, what was it, like an E thirty six convertible. Yeah, the only time and it's only time in that car's life that he parked next to a, a ratty E thirty six convertible. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean it was everything. Like I parked in between. Actually, the, our new friend Paul, who has R thirty two, we just met at Japanese Car Day. Oh yeah, um, that's where the, that open spot happened to be next to him. But the other side of me, there was like a two thousand eight Ford Fusion. So yeah, it was weird. Well, whatever. But but whatever. If somebody's into it, it's cars and coffee. There's no rules. Just whatever you want to bring. Yeah. So I was parked in between a Skyline and a Fusion. So it just happens to happens to be that way. But there was a ton of cool cars there, like a ton, like. It, if somebody took pictures of the event and told me it was Southern California cars and coffee, and I couldn't see the changing colors in the trees, I probably would believe them. Mm-hmm. Like just the variety. Our friend Al was there with his. Uh, he recently purchased a what year is that Capri? A seventy-one Ford Capri. Yeah. Um, Seventeen thousand original miles. Yeah. Like all original paint interior, gorgeous car. Which talking to him, apparently those were sold through Mercury dealers. Yes. Yeah, they sold at Mercury dealers. But just a- just at the Mercurys later on. But it's a German-built Ford. Yeah, it's built in Cologne, Germany. Weird. What a weird thing. Yeah. So his is, it's absolutely stunning. Like, I've never seen one that nice. Even in the 80s, I didn't saw one that nice. No. <laughs> like, it's amazing that car survived in that condition. No. It's it's bright yellow with a vinyl top. It's so 70s. Yeah, but it works. Yeah, it looks cool. It works. It looks like it should be, like, parked on the street in um, ashes to ashes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a very, very cool car. Unfortunately, it's an automatic, but when you find a 17,000-mile all-original car, you take, you take what you get, mm-hmm. you know? it's not You don't hold out for the same condition car in a four-speed. But the V6 with the three-speed automatic is not a terrible car. No. So it's it's quite it's quite a nice car. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite car there the day, probably? Other than, like, the Delahaye and the crazy stuff. The 300 SL. Oh, see, I was going to say, I really like that 300 SL. Yeah, I know you do. That's why I took it off. Because it was metallic blue with blue plaid interior. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Which is like... Gray, gray steelies. Yeah. Which is, no, it's color match steels. Oh, uh, so it was... With no, with no was, trim rings. There was no metallic... It wasn't a metallic blue. It was like a like a, a concrete blue almost. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was very... It was, it was a very light blue, but like... I don't it was know. almost like Nardo gray Audi paint. Or Dolphin Gray 356 Porsche, but more blue. So, like, the Crosstrek color. Yes. But not... But not the Crosstrek. Not quite as bright, no. <laughs> um, anyway, that was... gray. What, uh... Hmm. I don't know. I was a big fan of the Trabant. Um, Is that what that was? It threw me for a loop, 
because I've never seen a Trabant wagon in person. Um, and I'd never seen a Trabant that was painted anything other than beige. <laughs> so it was kind of like a, was it more brown than beige? With, with a, like green, a green, roof. green roof. I didn't realize what that was. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been sold that way brand new or not. It had like, you know, a chrome grill and chrome headlight rings and stuff I wouldn't normally expect to see on a Trabant. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool looking. See, I liked the Morgan that was next to it. Yeah, the green one. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And then there was a neat... Uh, 911 with martini stripes. Yes, I had a picture of it and a blue yeah, plate, a narrow, bo- a narrow body yeah. 911 um, martini stripes. But I'd probably go with that Morgan. That Morgan was interesting. It's hard. It's hard to pick a favorite because there were yeah. just so many cool cars there. Yeah. Like a lot of cool cars. Mm-hmm. It's kind of combining. Oh, that uh, that 240Z. That was probably your favorite. Oh yeah, 240Z. Yep. That was a really pretty car. So with the uh, Watanabe's. I don't. They weren't real Watanabe's, but they were Watanabe style. They might have been a. I don't know. I don't know what maybe they're Enkies or who knows. One of the other eight spoke brands. Yeah. <laughs> Compomotive. Well, it sorry. worked for him. They looked really good. Yeah, they looked like Watanabe's, which is the look he's going for, obviously. Mm-hmm. But and I like the being a Watanabe snob. I looked for the stampings and didn't have them. So I like the green metallic green on the saddle interior. That was really cool. Yeah, it was perfect. The covered headlights. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would have done differently. Was it had black bumpers? Yeah, and it had a duckbill spoiler, and I would have that was body color duckbill spoiler black to match the bumpers instead of body color. But All right. minor little thing. It's nothing. I certainly wouldn't turn the car down. So what? Oh, the RS six Audis. Is, what were those cars? No RS fours. RS fours. Yeah, like our friend Matt had. Yeah, yeah. but there was only like. Would you guys tell me there was only like a thousand of those cars ever built or imported? Imported in this country? I don't know if it was a thousand or two thousand. It's a low number. And there was like there were like twelve eight. of them there. <laughs> there are like eight there. They're all the same color. Yeah, they're all dark gray. It's so weird. Those cars sound really good. To be they are really cool cars yeah. though. Very yeah, fast, I like, I like, like very cars. unassuming, very fast. So, <clears throat> but then, uh, so Sunday, I was busy. I was cleaning up the garage after working on my truck. So I was doing that in the morning. Uh, but you went to another cars and coffee. Yeah. Uh, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee in Salem, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit grayer of a day. It wasn't quite because it was gorgeous on Saturday for the Lars Anderson Cars and Coffee. But it didn't rain till later. So uh, yeah, but I think a lot of people stayed away because the impending nor'easter was supposed to be Sunday. Yeah, but that morning was actually gorgeous. Uh, well, not gorgeous, but not raining. Basically, put it that way. It was dry. Yeah, and there were probably seventy-five, eighty cars that showed up for the Cars and Coffee in New Hampshire which is at a little coffee shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Um, with a, But it's like a strip mall parking lot, so plenty of plenty yeah, space. Plenty, plenty of room, plenty of space to do whatever you want. Um, I think I was talking to the organizer, yeah. and I think she's going to try to run it through the winter again. Yep. Um, even if people don't bring cars, at least they can gather inside and talk cars over a cup of coffee. So that will be kind of cool. Just talk about having her on, too. Uh, sure. Um, she'd totally come on. Actually, I asked her Sunday during the... Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, off, off of there. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, probably 75 to 85 cars there. A couple of repeats from the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, that wonderful green Lamborghini, whatever it was, with green vinyl stickers all over it. El Diablo. Yes, which is funny. So it's a green, like... It's a Murcielago. Uh, yeah, Murcielago. Murcielago. Whatever. Porsche, Porsche. 
with uh, it's definitely Porsche. I know, uh, but it has stickers on it that are green and like windows and stuff that say El Diablo. Yeah, which is funny because Lamborghini made a Diablo, so you would think that somebody who bought a Murcielago wouldn't call it the Diablo, being it's the mm. older. I don't know. It, Whatever. Also, it also said "Rider Die Racing Team." There was a. So. Um, Hopefully he doesn't listen. <laughs> the the not, there was that nine eleven that was at Cars and Coffee at Lars Anderson. Yeah, and that's speaking of Dolphin Gray. That's yeah. the color that car was painted. That was an eighty six nine eleven. Yep. That was backdated to look like a seventy three RS. Okay. Which is like the perfect combo because you know the mid eighties fuel injected nine elevens are pretty reliable cars, and they're not worth six figures like a seventy three nine eleven RS would be. Hmm. Um. And it looked the part. It had it was Dolphin Gray. Oh, yeah, houndstooth interior with the really nice um, brushed aluminum-looking Fuchs. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have any heavy motor mods. Kept it a pretty stock driver, um, but it had the RS bumpers, RS ducktail. It had very period early seventies-looking bucket seats that were black, but the seating inserts were houndstooth, mm-hmm. and it had a flocked dash. And it had two uh, Tag Heuer rally clocks yeah. on the dash that were really cool looking. I really wanted to take pictures of it, but there was just a lot of people around it. Yeah. Well, I grabbed I grabbed a few of the next and day. I've actually already posted the, them to our site, the Facebook page. Front hood was up? What you... It was the second day, too. But he had it up because inside there he had, like, a documentation of all the work yeah. that was done to the car. I wish he would have closed it. Which I get it. I just don't. I like when cars are displayed with the. All the lids closed. closed. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. <laughs> Especially because it really, really kind of ruins the lines of the car. Yeah. Up. Just, that's a but little bit. Anyway, I got, I got some decent pictures of it that I already put them on the uh, our Facebook, Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. So you can go back a couple days ago and see all those. Um, but yeah, un- under the deck lid, he had, like I said, a, he had the original plates from the car. And then he had like a little booklet that showed the transformation and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I get why he did it. The guy actually was a really cool guy to talk to, very humble about the car. Um, he made sure the first thing he told me was that he didn't build it, which okay. is funny because a lot of people, you know, kind of, if they didn't build it, they're kind of embarrassed, I think, and they don't want you to know. Well, they but, don't say that. Yeah. yeah, he was very, like, upfront, like, well, I can't take any credit for it. I didn't build it. He goes, but I have, you know, I'm changing a few things here and there and doing this and doing that. And, yeah, and then I was never... talking to him about it, and he actually was like, you know, what would you do? Like, I was like, oh, he's asking me for suggestions. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, and I told him the only thing I would do was the steering wheel and the shift boot had red stitching. Yeah, that's kind of... And nothing else in the car was red yeah. except for, like, the taillight lenses. Yeah. And I was like, I might, like, change the stitching on the steering wheel and shift boot to black just to kind of match it, or white stitching to match the houndstooth. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. He goes, I, I, I you know, black would probably be easier. I could probably just dye it. And I was like, yeah, probably. So... That was kind of neat, you know, kind of little feed, little feedback to his car, and he kind of liked hearing it. And he's cool. talking about how this this winter he's going to take it in, and uh, some fitment issues he's not happy with, mm-hmm. just from with the body panels meet. And he's going to try to just you know massage it and perfect everything. And it's a, it's a pretty pretty cool build and a really cool guy. And I look forward to talking to him about it next year when I see it again. See how yeah, the whole changes. I wonder where it came from. Neat. Uh, it came from Southern California. It's whole life. Okay. Then it was built by a builder in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a famous Porsche shop, I guess, in Washington State. And it was up there for a few years. He told me the name of the shop, and I don't remember, so bad on me. Um, and then he bought it from the like third or fourth owner after it was modified hmm. out in Washington and had it shipped out here. He just got it Neat. this year. 
So, so that was definitely my favorite car of that show, with a close second being the uh, other car I posted a picture of, the black NSX on five spoke work wheels. I love those works with Compitech supercharger. Yeah, so that was a cool. Uh, car. Yes, yeah. That's not the one that was here in PB, was it? It's not. Uh, I might be the one in PB. Yeah. I don't know because they that one had work wheels on it too, didn't mm-hmm. it? So it probably is the same car. It has to be. It's super super clean though. So yeah. I don't think the only reason I say it's not is because that car sat outside all the time. And this car has never been outside in its life. Oh, okay. It's clearly perfect. <laughs> yeah. I like those. Oh, there was this perfectly stock red uh, NSX at on Saturday's Cars and Coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, it had the stock wheels and everything. Yeah, which is very rare. It was see. really cool. Um, so, that brings us to this upcoming weekend is the NER SCCA. They're doing the Big Lap TSD. Yep. Starting at in uh, New Hampshire. But TSD I, is a time, speed, distance rally, for those that do not know. Unfortunately, I think by the time this goes up, the registration might be closed. Sorry, that means tomorrow they're closing it? Uh, I'd have to double-check what the yeah. when it's open for the TSD. I know the rally cross, which is on Sunday, that definitely closes Wednesday night, tonight, at oh, midnight, okay. so pre-reg. So I'm not doing either, then. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're welcome to come hang out, but um, as with anybody, anybody is welcome to come spectate and watch and get the into rally it. cross. The TSD is not much spectating. No, there isn't. No, you can literally you could just sit in front of your house if it's some, cars on the street by. and just watch cars go by. Yeah, because the TSD is not, you don't even need to have a specific car for it. Some people just do it in their daily drivers. No, no, we're going to take the cross track because it'll be comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess a lot of uh, See, Northern New Hampshire got hit really hard. Okay. And some of those roads are kind of... Unpassable? Yeah, they might be rerouting some stuff, I heard, but they'll make it work. I still like to do it in the blue car, because it hasn't snowed yet. Yeah, we'll get it. Grab a co-driver. I don't have a co-driver. I didn't think about it in time. Yeah. It's only 25 bucks. It's cheap. That's pretty cheap. That's a good time. They, uh, the Rally Master Scott, he's really good at setting up rallies. Oh, 100%. I don't. I don't want to miss a Scott rally, but I think I'm gonna to have to. But, but what happened with you about the rally cross? Because that's pretty fun. Oh, so uh, former guest Dan Downey, who also owns a World Rally Blue Blah by WRX, challenged me to a daily driver rally cross off. Yes, the gauntlet has been thrown. The, it was uh, really easy to take Andrew from "I'm never going to rally cross this car" to "I've owned this car for a month. It's time to rally cross it." Well, you see the. The Canaan, Canaan Motor Club, Canaan, 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 Canaan. Uh, it, the way they run this rallycross, it's like half pavement, half dirt. Mm-hmm. And I guess it kind of ends up usually being mostly, mostly pavement because the they don't want to destroy the grass around the racetrack. Um, so it's really easy on cars as far as rallycrosses go. So I was like, eh. and I have the, um, since I took the snow tires off of Stephanie's Outback, I have the original WRX wheels with some old Blizzax on there mm-hmm. that I'm going to replace anyways with the snow tires that came with the WRX. So I might as well burn them off. In fact, those wheels came with that car brand new, didn't they? They did. So they've been reunited. Yes. And it feels so good. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I might as well use them and have some fun. Absolutely. it's a good plan. And hopefully beat Dan Downey. Well, and here's I, the thing. Dan Downey has been rallycrossing every event for the whole past year, and he has a lot of seat time at actual stage rallies. 
I do I, not think you're going to beat Dan. I am Valley. still a bit rusty. Ooh, okay. I, All right. You're not so going you to don't Dan think? No. <laughs> All right. I don't think you think you're going to beat Dan down. I I might. Uh, I I also registered for the same class as Jordan, so I'm going to try so to beat Jordan. Ma are prepared. Mod all drive. Okay, so that's that's what uh, Dan's into. Yeah, we just picked the same class. Okay, because there's a couple other people that we know they're in the same class that we might as well just all race so you're together. Just, you're really just throwing, trying to throw a wrench in the points races here, <laughs> just by entering I've, one time. I've only no because I've the two times I've raced, I've been in mod, so I might as well stick with that. Oh, okay. Um, well, it kind of got lowering springs. Yeah, so a quality mod for Radicross. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's got AGXs <laughs> and lowering springs. It's good to go. Otherwise, stock. Uh, you're probably going to rip that almost off exhaust off. I figured that. Yeah. Uh, I do have all the parts to replace the exhaust, so that might be to uh, that might be project car update uh, in a week. <laughs> a forced project car update. <laughs> um, the that's the other weird thing is that I was trying to get. Uh, I've got an, an emissions rejection on that car. I can't get the cats to set readiness for that's some weird. reason. I've, it's been Is like it the tune. No, hmm. that doesn't matter. It's been. Um, I've driven at least nine hundred miles. It's been three weeks. Yeah, they should be set by now. Yeah, it's really weird. Is there a bad O2 sensor? No code for it. Hmm. I just get the Phantom EVAP code, but Is that the, shouldn't affect could it be the rusty. But that shouldn't affect the cat setting right in a rusty now. fuel filler pipe. That's potentially what it might be. You know, you're right. It shouldn't affect the readiness code, but I don't understand. Yeah. It is weird. So, whatever. We've got a fun weekend planned. You have a whole weekend I'm not, probably not going to be there. Yeah, you can come in. Or, or, if it's nice, it's supposed to be pretty nice, and you don't get to the valve seals, you should do the valve seals and the radar. Well, hopefully we do the valve seals tomorrow night. That's true. Because that's the only reason I'm going to drive to Salem tomorrow night is if we get to work on my valve seals. All right. We'll do them. So. I have brake parts for your truck, too, if you want to do those. Oh, I forgot about to do that, too. So many projects. So many projects. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice this weekend. Get them done. Okay, good. Well, actually, I have to winterize my camper this weekend, too. Well, plenty of time. Just doing. do it. Just do it. Oh, too much things, not enough time. So, speaking of time. time we are things? Yep. It's right about time. We're calling it a podcast. Want to wrap it up? Yes, please. All right. You said it four times now, so let's just do I it. I was saying it to you to wrap it up. Yes. Oh. Where, where can we oh, find you excellent. on social medias? Um, find me at TSISS350 on Instagram. Find me at Vintage Imports of NE on Instagram as well and Facebook. You can follow the podcast, Auto Off Topic Podcast, on Facebook. Auto off topic on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Rayston Anger. Of course, make sure to like, share, and rate our podcast on iTunes. Also, if you'd like, please set us to get alerts on Facebook so you'll see our posts, especially when we want to ask for listener questions. That way you can participate with us. We really appreciate it. And as always, keep your cars analog.